Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. I'm Richard Lane on Friday, October the 5th. This week we are continuing our coverage in the run-up to the United States election in early November. We'll hear from Ted Alcorn about the Global Health Initiative. This was introduced early on in this term. But where is it going and what is its future? This is a really important question for global health. Before we hear from Ted Alcorn, I'm joined briefly by my colleague, Dr. Niall Boyce. Welcome. And Niall, a quick call for papers. Yes, this is a call for papers for a special issue, which The Lancet will be publishing in March 2013. And this will be to mark the 10th anniversary of the invasion of Iraq by coalition forces. We all remember that. And I also remember clearly eight years ago, the fervori surrounding uh, a paper we published about civilian deaths or projected mm. estimates of civilian deaths in Iraq and, and all the controversy that caused at the time. Are there particular types of articles you're looking for? We're looking for research and review articles. And of course, part of it is taking stock of the uh, human effect, if you like, uh, of the invasion and subsequent occupation. But I'd also like to know a bit about the reconstruction of uh, Iraqi civil society, of the Iraqi health service, looking to the future for Iraq as well as looking at the past. Do we sense that there, there is good progress on the ground co concerning healthcare services and medicine in that country? I think that uh, the picture isn't clear. I think that um, there seems to be, from what we can tell, big regional variation. And so this is another challenge which obviously researchers uh, and doctors have to face. And to know more about it and to publish it in this issue would be superb. And what is the deadline for submissions now? The deadline is December the 14th. Okay. I hope you get some fantastic submissions. Niall Boyce, thank you. Thank you. So let's now hear more about the Global Health Initiative. Let's hear from Ted Alcorn, who first of all describes and reminds us what the Global Health Initiative is. Ted is also the author of a world report on this very topic in the current issue of The Lancet. GHI is the Global Health Initiative. It was announced by the Obama administration four months in office in May of 2009. The Bush administration had built the PEPFAR, the President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief, and it represented the largest increase in global health funding that the United States has ever produced. That huge infusion of funding, uh, driven primarily towards HIV, had also caused a lot of difficulties in recipient countries that people in the development community were well aware of. Funding that was uh, directed towards a single disease and distorted the care that people received in the health system when they were addressing other needs. Difficulty coordinating the multiple agencies that were often involved uh, in these countries when they were donating this level of resources. The Obama administration's commitment in GHI had a lot to do with trying to improve and build upon PEPFAR, the PEPFAR program that came before it. In the announcement in May 2009, it was described as a comprehensive new strategy for global health, uh, one that acknowledged the United States' contributions to global health, but was also committed to better integrating them, better coordinating them to enhance the effectiveness of U.S. global health assistance. So how did the three main agencies in the United States align themselves with the Global Health Initiative. USAID, CDC, and PEPFAR are the three core entities involved in, but uh, they all work on the same area from coming from a fairly different perspective institutionally, and the people that make them up also tend to come from it from different perspectives. USAID is the country's development agency, in general, the people there are very focused on development as a whole. The CDC 
is uh, originally, you know, a, a domestic agency and is uh, steeped in medical knowledge and it takes a very scientific, I guess, approach towards public health. They have a lot of technical expertise, are primarily focused specifically on health, not development broadly. PEPFAR, which is not an agency but rather is an initiative, is coordinated out of the Office of the Global AIDS Coordinator in the State Department. While it doesn't have a, a formal presence on the ground in countries in terms of implementing programs, it is the channel by which more than half of U.S. global health assistance funding flows into countries because the majority of global health assistance is directed by Congress to HIV through PEPFAR. So while USAID and the CDC have technical expertise and specific mandate to be working on these issues, much of the money is controlled statutorily by PEPFAR. On the eve of the July the 4th American holiday this year, it was announced that the Global Health Initiative office at the State Department was closing. So how is the Global Health Initiative working and is it sustainable? I spoke to U.S. government employees in a variety of countries that are large recipients of U.S. global health assistance and to some extent their experiences varied. All of the countries were required to put together a country strategy for GHI and in some places the people I spoke with said the process was effective in bringing the U.S. government agencies, the multiple agencies involved in health together and giving them a common vocabulary to talk about these real and important problems with U.S. global health assistance and overseas development assistance broadly. The problems of integrating services, the problems of coordinating multiple agencies, the problems of directing resources to to places where performance was good and outcomes were showing progress. But other U.S. development professionals were more skeptical of the GHI process. In some countries, in some offices at least, it was told to me that the GHI country strategy process was not taken too seriously and hasn't transformed in any way the practice of global health assistance or resolve the difficulty, sometimes the tension between different U.S. health agencies working within the same country. The interagency office in the State Department is closed. The participating players from the various agencies say that GHI will persist as an initiative. They have developed a set of committees that are supposed to continue meeting to coordinate the efforts of these different agencies, but it's not clear they've built the institutions to sustain those efforts in the long term. And finally, what will be the priorities of the next United States administration so that the Global Health Initiative can progress and meet its original objectives? With the upcoming election just a month away, there's a lot of uncertainty involved in the future of U.S. global health assistance. On the one hand, there's bipartisan support for global health spending in a way that's actually very unusual within U.S. government today. Both parties agree that global health assistance is important and are likely to sustain the current funding levels. On the other hand, I think the GHI process really exhausted the the parties that were directly involved with the concept of institutional reform. Some insiders I spoke with said that they were no longer interested in trying to move the boxes around on the organizational chart. So I think no matter what, the next administration will be looking at global health 
uh, and looking to improve U.S. the United States' effectiveness in this area, but probably without aspiring to the sort of fundamental reforms that it was at least perceived GHI set out to accomplish. The vision that GHI articulated, one where the numerous United States agencies and entities involved in global health cooperated in-country to work together towards the goals of that country, where they addressed health systems as a whole rather than disease-specific priorities of the U.S. Congress, where maternal and child health were elevated alongside HIV, and where partner countries were empowered to participate and ultimately take control over their own health systems and spending. That vision remains a good one, I think, for the next administration to aim to achieve. Well, many thanks indeed to Ted Alcorn. Do read his piece in World Report in the current issue of The Lancet. Thanks earlier to Niall Boyce and to you all for listening. See you next time.